so sad news daft punk just announced that they are going away after 20 some years you never <laughs> thought about them splitting up no, i so i saw sad. i saw a theory that was the beauty about them wearing helmets is that somebody else can put on the helmet <laughs> and we can have generations of daft punk no but their music's gonna suck <laughs> yeah welcome to waveframe Welcome back to Waveframe Podcast. We are a podcast where we talk about movies and music. My name is Isaac. My name is Luke. And this week we are wrapping up our four-part series on the most impactful media to us of 2020. Yes. Uh, we're capping it off this week with uh, my pick for music, and that is the album Intimacy by Block Party. Yeah, we uh, did four of them. So the first one we did was my music pick, which was The Strokes. The new abnormal, and then we did Tenet, which was my movie pick. Yeah, and then we did Ted Lasso, which was my quote unquote movie <laughs> pick, and now we're doing some Black Party Intimacy. This came out in two thousand eight. Yes, yeah, so it is the one. Uh, it is the one thing that um, we're reviewing or talking about that isn't actually from the year twenty twenty. I just really yeah. hit it on twenty twenty, and I think I, I actually brought up this album in one of our scene episodes right around the time we recorded Lou and Davis. Um, we, I was really revisiting this album. I think Black Party has been a, like, it was a big college band for me, but between their five albums, I definitely did not get into all of them until recently. Um, and now this one, this one definitely left me feeling good in 2020. So thanks yeah. for, thanks for stepping into it with me. And I'm excited <laughs> to hear your thoughts on it coming in from the outside a little bit. I'm excited to let you know. I, I, for some context of my approach, I've never really listened to Block Party that much except for a few of their singles off their early stuff. Like, I was talking to uh, somebody today. He's like 32 or something like that. And I was like, hey, have you heard of Block Party? And he was like, uh, yeah. And then he started singing one. And uh, it was, I think it was uh, like Banquet or something like that. Yeah, that's their like yeah. number one yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. And and then I was like, oh well, we're we're doing a, an episode on intimacy, and that came out in two thousand eight. And he was like, oh, so new stuff, new stuff. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I guess. So I think their more popular stuff is some of their earlier stuff, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So Block Party, in a way that they they came into this into the scene really hot and heavy. Let's take take a step back with me to two thousand five. Uh, it's two thousand five. Incredibles uh, came out a year ago. <laughs> it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, uh, people. Yeah, so Block Party, they, they released their first album, which is Silent Alarm. And with that, it, that was in 2005. They kind of break into like the indie rock, indie, it's almost indie dance. And they definitely dive into that more as they go. Yeah. Um, so I would characterize this album as, yeah, like bright. It's it's snappy. It has like a clarity to it. You get songs like um, Helicopter and Banquet. This Modern Love is off of this album. That's the one I knew most it's, at the time. Yeah, beautiful song. Um, and like Eating Glass is the album opener. Oh, great song. I think of with the with the guitar sounds of this, it, it's very characteristic of it's very clean and sharp. Um, but it's they use a lot of effects, especially the the lead guitarist Russell is his name, and it, Russell. Russell? Russell uses. Oh wait, are you talking like lead singer? Too? Lead guitarist. Oh, okay, got yeah, it. and then uh, he uses lots of like delay timing effects. You hear that right away with like "Eating Glass," the first track. It starts out with this delay stutter, 
And uh, if I can talk a moment about some guitar, nope, I can't. Fun I'm stuff. stopping you right here. <laughs> Because I, they both use what was really interesting is a lot of bands if they have multiple guitars they'll use different guitars um, between the two of them and the Block Party does but they both most often use the Fender Telecaster as a guitar and they both use the same guitar which means that they have to contrast the lines more not just in the sound of the guitar but in the way that they're writing them. It's a duet. It is. It's, it's one of the reasons I love them is there's this really intricate stuff. You hear that on Intimacy as well. Um, so moving into then their next album is in 2007. So just two years later, they released okay. their next album. So Weekend in the City. Um, as opposed to the first album is a lot of uh, relational lyrics, but also they, they do have some social commentary. Like there's some global uh, environment stuff too with songs like Pioneers. Um, but their second uh, album, Weekend in the City, goes a lot more. They dig into this darker, mature side. Um, and there's a certain gravity to it. There's a bit more crunch on the guitars, less of that clean, bright sound. Um, and you, you know, the, the opening line is I'm trying to be heroic in, in an age of modernity. And that just really sets the, the theme for the album. Uh, you have songs like uniform, which is all about pop culture and its effects on youth and where's home, which is all about like sadness on earth, uh, <laughs> as opposed to sadness on Mars, sadness on Mars, <laughs> <laughs> a lot worse. <laughs> That, that's what their fifth album is about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mars, sad boy. Um, but also, I think they achieve new levels of vulnerability with that album. Uh, the song Cruzberg is off of Weekend in the City. And I think to date, I think that is the most vulnerable song that Block Party has written. Um, so, hmm. huh. so that huh. takes us into now, one year later, 2008, Intimacy. Uh, is released. They have a. It came out of some of the same sessions as a weekend in the city. Oh, okay. uh, they they really rush recorded it, rush wrote it. It was very heavily really? produced. Yeah, they were they were inspired by actually Radiohead's In Rainbows. I release. saw you that. Saw this? Yeah. yeah. So this was in 2008. The internet was now booming. <laughs> it was here to stay. So and Radiohead with In Rainbows really pioneered this. You know, pay what you want, just download it, do whatever you want. Mm. And they're like, we're gonna do that with intimacy. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, I think it was like something like 12 just, days or something. You just they mail the, them cash. Yeah. <laughs> Telegram. <laughs> to their P.O. box. <laughs> um, so anyway, that, that kind of sets the stage into this album. I think that now, it's. I think it's interesting, being familiar with the first two albums, it's almost a combination of those two in, in the sense of you get a bit more of that dance vibe with kind of what they're doing and they yeah. move into an electronic vibe. But also, this is, I think, the darkest sounding album of all of Block Party stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what what are your impressions coming into the album? Okay, okay. So I thought that this was going to be the episode. Finally, this is going to be the episode. Where we like disagree <laughs> and we argue and I hurt your feelings. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I, I really kept at it. I kept chipping away at, at this. And then I, I found out like the approach that worked for me. Okay. So I come from this background of English and literature and poetry. And so then I... Um, started just really focusing on the lyrics and 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 looking at the lyrics and that helped me get a better sense of what the album was about and its trajectory it's like beginning middle and end and it helped me 
feel connected to what they were doing musically more because mm-hmm. that was really hard for me <laughs> when you start off this album and the first two songs are so jarring and so i would say like abrasive and harsh i agree yeah. yes yes and 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 I, this like past month, month or three weeks, I've just been really into like upbeat, happy songs, <laughs> like really fun songs and like a passion pit type of really fun mm-hmm. song. And even ones that aren't really trying to figure something out. It's just like life is fun and be fun. <laughs> and so then I was like, I got to listen to this album. I got to talk about it on the episode, this podcast. It's payback yeah. for Inside Lou and Davis <laughs> yeah, and no, Marriage Story. Makes sense. So I figured out some, because my brain thinks in metaphors and stories and references. So I figured out some of those for you today. <laughs> um, so it felt like, um, have you seen Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> no, I have not. But I know you love it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's well, good. And Wreck-It Ralph 2. Yeah, you've, Wreck-It you've Ralph 2. High claim. I think it's really problematic, but but really, really interesting and, and mature in its themes. I don't not I'm not here to talk about that, but <laughs> but in Wreck It Ralph, pretty much you go inside different video games. So then they're made up video games for the most part. And you go inside one that's kinda like Halo. And and but people are super intense and they're like, man, they're trying to like kill people or whatever. Um which is really contrasted to this Candyland racing game, which I felt like my <laughs> past three weeks was like musically Candyland racing game. But then you can like go through this thing to get to the other video game, which is like intense Halo shoot 'em up. And that's how I felt sometimes trying to enter into this space or like, uh, you know how the Bifrost brings you like quickly <laughs> in Thor, especially Ragnarok. The one I was thinking of is at the beginning of the movie, he's in this like hellscape, mm-hmm. this like doom, like the video game doom. And uh, and there's like a big dragony thing. And so so that's what I felt like with these first two songs. But then <laughs> the metaphor changes and shifts. And I <laughs> felt like the dragon in <laughs> Thor Ragnarok I, I was a little bit like the dragon in Shrek where like <laughs> it's scary and horrible at first and you like land there and it's like and like oh, I want to eat you and then after a while you get to know it and <laughs> you like go on an adventure with this dragon and that's how I felt with this then album you marry it and you have <laughs> some dragon donkey babies yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what I'm trying to say and so um that was a good metaphor for me And then maybe a little bit more poetic of a metaphor was I couldn't figure out this album. Like, what is it? Is it all uh, misery? And I would say no, not at all. But it is trying to figure out Mm. grieving and misery and sorrow. So I feel like he's kind of stuck in purgatory. And it's got equal. I wouldn't say equal, but it's got parts of hell and it's got parts of heaven. And I'll give an example like Zephyrus sounds like a rave beneath heaven because you got this like thumping EDM beat. I don't know the right beat terminology, but, and then you got these high angelic, like Enya, like Lord of the Rings people in the background. And you're like, okay, like I can get behind this if I have the right template and framework. Mm -hmm. So I would say it took me a while, like a, like a, old wine or or like whiskey or something like that like i really had to get used to it so i i find that really exciting and interesting (laughs) insights uh and the first thing you said how the lyrics drew you in um i do think that this 
is I think where Black Party hits their stride lyrically. Okay. Um, I think that it's they're very poetic lines. Um, when we kind of go into a track by track, perhaps mm-hmm. I'll I'll highlight some of my favorite ones. Um, this is. Uh, a breakup album it's labeled yeah. by them as okay. a breakup album i was gonna ask you about that yeah um and so there is this this poetic it, it and i think the album art controls or uh represents this really well if you're unfamiliar with the album art it is two close-up faces yeah almost kissing it's very sensual it's sensual but also it's like it's very harsh and and almost like undersaturated in a certain mm. way and and it i think that it kind of pushes towards the thesis of this album which is this mixture of light and dark this yin and yang and you you hit on you know is this all happy is it all you know sad yeah and it's this purgatory state and i think that the the album art shows that in and the in the even the name intimacy it brings out about this beauty and this gentleness, but also that gentleness is warring with this harshness and this yeah. pain and the hurt. It, it, yeah. it's, it represents this coin that is I, usually intimacy is a, is a favored, uh, a positive word for me. When I think of intimacy, it's always a good thing. Totally. But this, this like <laughs> brings you back and it's like, Hey, don't forget. Hey, this is a coin, man. Don't it's forget about that other side. Yeah. When intimacy is broken. Yeah. 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 I, I was listening to this, with somebody and and we were trying to figure out why we didn't like it at the time um and if you listen to let's say like your normal let's say like take a top 40 song from the 80s or something like that um Fleetwood Mac you know let's say one of the more approachable songs I had one in mind I can't think of it right now but uh, it's about like the players are, are, are gonna play and stuff like that. But the music and the and the lyrics and the singing are all in tandem, like doing the same thing. And the the the, the music is helping the melody, and the melody is helping the 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 music. Whereas I felt like sometimes there was this conversation in this album where the music's like doing one thing and like the lyrics are doing another thing. And like sometimes with his accent, it's uh, hard to hear wh- yeah. exactly what he's saying. Yeah. And, and then, so it's not melodious. It's not melodious, mm-hmm. but it is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of like where there's some movies where like, this is easy watch, like Ted Lasso, we talked about very approachable. I would feel like this album's really, for my opinion, unapproachable mm-hmm. at first. And you have to like, get to know its rougher edges first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with with most everything <laughs> you're saying. And and this for me there's a reason why this was one of the later block party albums I got into was because yeah. when I was first getting into them, I was hitting play on a couple different things and I hit play on this album. I'm like, "Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll come back to that yeah, <laughs> another yeah. year." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it took me like 3 years. Yeah. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah, so I, I, if you're ready, I'd love to I would start love jumping to. into the track. So, yeah. um with the opening of the first track, Aries. So this is our first of our Greek references. Uh, when I first approached it, I was like, is he like trying too hard to be like a uh, high art where <laughs> my life is like all these like Mercury and Aries oh, and yeah. like, all uh-huh. these things. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, like it's a breakup, you know, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's fun enough. And I will say before we get into it, the lyrics for me, I wouldn't, I, I would I would sometimes call them weak with just reading them. Okay. But then you pair them with the music and 
it really the music really helps them come alive. Interesting. So like some of the some of the things we're saying here, for and people might disagree with me, but um, when we just read them out loud, you're not really doing them justice because I was by myself like sometimes reading them and I I couldn't figure out why like I didn't feel like it was great uh, writing, but I think it was because I was reading them without the music. And I, I really do think that I even so some of their lyrics, especially in the first half of the album, in the latter half, I think they get a lot better. I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan okay. because 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 it feels like they're not embracing the full like poetic nature that like we've talked about with the national where mm-hmm. it's a lot of metaphor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then on the other side, you have an example that I'm going to use is Scott Street by Phoebe Bridgers, where she's pretty much just naming what's happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're on Scott street. She's having this conversation with her ex and the lyrics are literally just the dialogue between them. And then you as the listener has to infer and because the song's implying mm-hmm. things and you hear her sadness, um, through the music and you're inferring, Oh my word, this is like crazy. And even the last line is literally just, um, something that they said to each other it's not like her telling you how she feels about this scene it's just the emotions being brought to you by the music whereas Mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes it's a little uh obvious sometimes in his writing about like what he's feeling but that's kind of part of the album. So anyway, I'm wrestling with, do I love these lyrics yeah. or not? And then there's a few songs that I absolutely love the lyrics. Okay. So I, I'm, anyway. I'm looking forward to hearing you point out what you yeah, do like. Yeah. I, I am a fan of these. I think it's interesting you, you brought up the Phoebe Bridgers song. I think that this album more than the others will bring up those specific grounding things. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I think that for a breakup album like this, it serves to really ground the experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, those so, are my favorite yeah. points when he is a little bit more okay. like, tactile of we'll get into it but but like this is happening right now like a visual imagery yeah yeah so aries starts with these these like angelic vocals that fade in and i think that this uh, again we i'm talking about like the you know the thesis of this album with that that contrast and i think that this demonstrates musically in the first 10 seconds exactly what that thesis is okay you get this angelic voices and you're like oh this is nice intimacy (laughs) and then immediately this guitar like like i'm screaming (laughs) in and and they actually refer to it they're like for this album it's so heavily produced and it feels like all the humanity has been bleached out of the guitars oh wow and it's with them being intentional about that and it sets up this contrast before then the drums kick in you know frantic the frantic drums is another element of a lot of block party songs and it's, it sets up this menacing now start um so it's that war between the soft and the harsh and the, the tender and and the brutal my uh, fist breaks your porcelain nose yeah. is like the third line and so yeah definitely. after war 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> I really liked the lyric uh, to create or destroy many gods and goddesses when he's talking about what his hands can do. That goes back to what you were saying. This intimacy can be like it depends on what you do with it because this intimacy can be such a force for good or you can cause the most destruction ever with the people you're closest to. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it's a lot of power to hold in your hands, so to speak. <laughs> yes. um, this one is the most we've talked about. You know, with the more relational lyrics, more social commentary. This one is the one on the album. This album that is a bit more political and social. Um, it throws out a lot of brands and a lot yeah. of slang that you and I might be unfamiliar with because of um, our we're in the our United States heritage. <laughs> and but in England, he's throwing out all these slangs for you know it's like. For example, like Mitzi Turbo or something, he says something like that, and it's it's he's linking it with speed, and yeah. both are things relating to cars and going fast and strength and speed, but also are both slang for drugs. No. And he's saying, you know, give me twos on that, which is uh, I also didn't know is like <laughs> give me the second hit off of what you're smoking, like oh, give me twos is nice. like what that is. So it's this very frantic energy and the way it's edited as well his voice is coming in different ears yeah. both ears it splits yeah. it's like this chorus of voices it's like the anxiety <laughs> of the world like crushing it on you get but, out of the way or get after yeah that's, yeah <laughs> that's a literal and, lyric and it, yeah it's like i think what triggered me knowing this was a really powerful album was when you asked our friend nate Mulder, uh what are hey what was like some of the media that like you really love this year and then we we went around the group chat and i said this because i'm like i feel like this was the album of 2020 for me like the yeah. anxiety but holding the beauty within oh, that wow very interesting i did not know yeah. that it like represented the whole year for you that's yeah. amazing um another lyric i like off this we dance to the sound of sirens yeah i, I feel like this encapsulates, encapsulates yeah oh, oh wow yeah, we're yeah, so in sync <laughs> Because we dance to the sound of sirens is exactly what this song is. It's, it's like if you could, <laughs> they made it into a a a, a dance song, mm-hmm. a siren noise into a dance song, <laughs> and you're like, this is awful, but <laughs> but good after a while. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, next we have uh, Mercury, Mercury, which I actually really like mm-hmm. because it sounds like a more sophisticated. You know that Vin Diesel movie series of XXX? XXX yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that. Like one of the trailers. You know that big like like uh, dubstep like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> I just think it's fun. It's very fun. Well, yeah, the... This one starts with his voice being layered and yeah. and looped. And this one, for me, it wasn't one that grabbed me right away. It did, you know, the, because I would say Aries, while being abrasive, it has enough of the like the rock elements that I really love to draw yeah. me in. This is more, um, you know, like synthesized and produced. Yeah. And but I, it, I've noticed when I've watched this live videos that I found of this song, the crowd loves this song. <laughs> this is like a favorite from the really? I think part of it is there's a certain element of fun mixing. Like he's doing yeah. this live and he will start looping his vocals with a pedal. And then nice. each time it like stutters off the beat, like that's him triggering it to restart with his foot. So he's oh. like live mixing this. Yeah. And then you got those brass, the brass oh, sampling, which is really totally. nice. Um, and, but, and then that bass drum is just that. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> it's like that monotone pitch that honestly, I hate bass like that, but I, I I've gotten used fun. to it for that song. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. I, I would say it's honestly a little bit more approachable for me because I'm not as into the rock elements as you. Um, even though I, I, it, I, it like depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. I can be super into it. And thankfully today I was and other days I have been. Um, and then, Honestly, these first two songs, if I could be so bold to bring in a biblical story here, it kind of <laughs> feels like you're in like 
you know, the prodigal son and the son goes away and he just parties. Yeah. Like these first two songs kind of give me <laughs> <Yeah>. that feeling. <laughs> That's a great metaphor. <laughs> like, like, like I'm sleeping with people I don't even like in any bar in the world. It's yeah. like, it doesn't matter where he is. He has no standards. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's obviously in such pain. Yeah. So, well, th- so this is an example where you really see the breakups and it gets very specific, but also subtly specific. Mm. So he, there's a line where you, with his accent, you don't even understand it, but the line is new mares in LA and she ain't returning. Yeah. New is the last name of his ex-girlfriend okay. who moved to LA. Yes. So it, like, it's so subtle, but it's very pointed and specific. Well, yeah. When I, when I uh, looked at the lyrics, I really liked that a lot because that felt like, Oh, my ex is living somewhere else now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is that my big question coming into this album was, did she die or break up with him? Because later it's confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. Or like, is that his mother? So, Anyway, you can answer that now or later, but I want to know. I think it's a great question. Let's I I okay. I'd say let's do it as we keep going. Okay, cool, cool. All right, cool. Uh, but, I want to know at some point. <laughs> the the last thing about that I think that helped me appreciate the song is the line "Mercury in retrograde." Yeah. I didn't know what that meant I when I either. first listened to it. I'm like, is this the the element? Like uh-huh. somebody drinking or like Mad Hatter, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's actually a orbital term for mm-hmm. when Mercury looks like it's going backwards. So it kind of fits with this dancing to the sound of sirens. We're still in that same energy of like, I'm feeling like I'm going backwards. Something's unsettled. Something's off. And uh, I mean, I don't, I hope this, this podcast is definitely not like lyric genius light, but (laughs) on lyric genius, they said a cool thing where they were like, um, it, it, it used to be a bad astrological sign when it, when Mercury was coming in retrograde towards uh, the earth. Cause it's a little complicated where like it doesn't orbit in retrograde, but it does um, rotate in retrograde. And sometimes it seems like from Earth's perspective that it's coming in retrograde. And then whatever actions happened in that was unlucky. Interesting. So, I thought that was fun. Oh, digging yeah. in. Yeah. And I like the line where he, he says, um, this could be the start of something truly real. But all I could say was, hey, <laughs> I was <laughs> hey, like, hey, <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's so grand. Like, I, I just feel so much resonance with these lyrics of just like he, it just feels like he's an ordinary dude to me, which I find really refreshing from someone who's going at it at the mic like this. Yeah, he, he seems like an ordinary dude who parties a lot. Yeah. And and I like that's totally fine. But it's, it's just like, I don't know if we'd necessarily be friends, but I'd want to be friends with him. Yeah. 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 Um, the next song, Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I think, if I were to recommend one song to somebody off this album, it would be this one. This oh, one okay. is, I consider it a huge bop. Um, I love it. There's some great intricacy between those two guitars, which we talked about in just yeah. the song in general, but also in this in the guitar solo. Um, I recorded a snippet of this a while ago for for the Waveframe um, Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I, I just really love this song. Um, I, I, I just think that, and again, there's, there's a line about sometimes I think I would just float away if the sadness didn't bring me down yeah. and it's like, there's, there's that thesis again. Like yeah. here's this contrasting, you know, I wrote down next to that. I highlighted that and I said, depressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, this song really changes the, the mood of the, uh, uh, the feeling like mm-hmm. this is a little bit slower song, but it, it like builds well and. I would say, yeah, definitely a highlight off the album because it doesn't it doesn't feel as frantic. It feels a little bit more like a little more conventional. Yeah. Conventional block party. Conventional yeah. block party. Good, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I love this song. Fantastic yeah. song. 
Um, next song is Biko. So yeah. Biko is um, <laughs> Kale or Kelly. Um, it's I've heard different pronunciations of his name. Um, okay. That's the lead of Black Party, yeah. and his parents are from Nigeria. And the Igbo language is is in southern Nigeria, and the term Biko is a term of endearment to someone oh, you love when awesome. asking them like a favor. So oh. in this song, it, it starts right away. It's like, you're not doing this alone. Like, is yeah. this voice filtering? And this is now you mentioned, like, is somebody dying? Yeah. And this song is pretty is pretty clear with labeling, like, I'd eat your cancer if I could. Somebody yeah. is dying yeah. of cancer. And he is saying them, Biko, you know, oh, like, loved one, like, please, I'm asking you toughen up, like, to fight through this. Yeah. Who is this about? Is this about his ex? I don't. I, you know, I think that's left ambiguous. Okay. I think that this does connect to the song "Signs" as well, which is is I in a couple signs. tracks later. Yeah, <laughs> I love signs. Um, and I think that it might not be about next, but it could just be you know not just romantic intimacy, but this is the intimacy of you know friendship or family. Yeah, along with this, because and obviously an album doesn't have to be all about one thing, but. I did feel like um, maybe a subthesis or something is when he explicitly says like, so I've been writing these songs for you to steal you from your grave, which I think could be like a real life situation where my friend or, you know, maybe an, an ex-girlfriend or something like that died of cancer. But also this metaphorical death of now my girlfriend is my ex-girlfriend mm. and like the metaphorical death of, uh, you know, I'm writing these songs to you. So maybe you'll, or I could find some peace or you'll come back to me or whatever that might That's be. nice right yeah. there. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I, I am not a huge fan of the, um, Greek imagery, but I, I did really like the river sticks. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's back. Yeah. More Greek. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I thought it was interesting that he said like toughen up cause he, seems to struggle in this album with masculinity mm -hmm. and like struggling with to toxic masculinity maybe. So like this, like toughen up, obviously he cares about this person. So he wants them to heal, but like this toughen up and I'll, I'll, I'll look into it a little bit more in a different one. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like this song, yes, is a little bit struggling with toxic masculinity, but also I love the line. Every tear you shed is cleansing because I heard from a podcast that scientifically, when you cry, toxins are physically, literally coming out of your tears, wow. which is amazing. <laughs> you need to cry more. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like Get really rid good of that for junk. you. Yeah. Oh. So I would say good song, but until I looked up the lyrics, I thought it was, uh, <laughs> I thought it was, we've been cooking for a half an hour like, <laughs> instead of Biko toughing up because. If you listen to it, seriously, I seriously think you will hear it because oh, he doesn't say the P in toughen up mm -hmm. and like half, like half and up. Like it sounds like we've been cooking for half an hour. So most of the times I was listening to it, I was like, what does that even Make it mean? Making some bread. <laughs> like, Making some pie. So anyway. <laughs> Once I got past that, I was like, okay, I, I think I that's really funny. Yeah. I, I think a, another supporting lyric for that thesis is, and one of my favorites from the album is on this song where um, it's just the world, the, the world isn't kind to little things is uh, yeah. this line. And yeah. this is the, I think 
we've we've seen hints of the tenderness in in breaking points of songs before up to this point but this is the first time we get that tender side actually and with lines he says like i I left you blueberries in the fridge that was an amazing line just like this all of a sudden this like touch of like oh Uh. wow it's like this is this song is the tender side of that intimacy reaching out through the pain so, ah, common threads. Next song, <laughs> Trojan Horse. Hey, ding, yeah. ding, ding! <laughs> Another yes, yes, Greek yes. imagery. I personally don't have a lot to say about this song. Um, besides, I really like the opening line of "You used to take your watch off before we made love. You didn't want to share our time with anyone." I think that I just think that's a very nice, simple, poetic line. The changing of the physicalness of the watch, but also then like the the metaphor that is for just the time and the relationship in general. The 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 um, <laughs> the two opening lines for me here when you read them out loud I think they're a little cheesy <laughs> but in this context of the song I think they work well enough. The next line is you used to close your eyes when we kissed goodbye you didn't want to see me draped in sadness. It's just like in my opinion just a little on the nose. A little for sappy. Me. Yeah, but but in the context of the song it works out well. And then I also was asking like is she dead or not? Because there's some lyrics that say, um, like, like talking about her. And then that was right after the song about the death of somebody. So I think we, we covered that pretty well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then that segues into signs now mm-hmm. and signs is, is straight up. You know, he, one of the lines of the, one of the breaking points of the song is he's saying at your funeral, I was so upset. So we know that yeah. that's like, you know, maybe it is a metaphor for other things, but like this is painting a picture yeah. for us of someone who has died. He's saying, I see signs that you're still here, you know, looking for mm-hmm. these omens. Interesting connecting now back to Mercury, like that bad omen, Mercury and Mercury. Oh, so yeah. A lot of things going on here. I do know he mentions like being a Libra and other songs. There is some astrology stuff that oh, I think he that puts makes some a weight lot in. Of sense. So, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I, I I absolutely think that one of the best lines of the album is at your funeral. I was so upset, so so upset, because a lot of people don't think about how like anger comes into play. I was just uh, listening to people talk about the movie About Time, mm. and one of the scenes is where the mother has to reckon with the fact that her husband is going to die. And she's like, I'm, I'm livid. Like I'm so angry. I'm so disinterested in a life without your father. And it just really cuts to this human core of like, it's not just sadness that you Mm -hmm. feel when somebody dies or leaves. There's a lot of emotions swirling around. I love it. And beautiful line is like, I see signs now all the time that you're not dead. You're sleeping, which in a Christian imagery is really potent because it's like, yeah, I might see you again in heaven. Mm-hmm. I think that the use of bells is really highlighted nicely in this song. And that's something that links this to a weekend in the city as well. Bells are very prevalent in that album. Okay. Um, so I think it's a nice breath of fresh air again in, in an album that is so intense. Um, yeah. If they didn't have darkness. these reprieves, uh, mm-hmm. I would uh, be very hard pressed to Draped listen to this sadness. album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> forever. So I'm so glad they have some slower, calmer songs. Um, one month off the next song this uh, dives back into that edited um, <laughs> breakup vibes um, and it's again one of the opening lines I think one of the specific things that I really like is um, you know he's saying all my friends were right like there's an age gap between us like he alludes to like this yeah. isn't gonna work 
um, and we could we can't survive on bedroom eyes and a Spanish guitar. And I just picture like, yeah, like <laughs> musicians who are like, oh yeah, like you play this like sexy guitar, you know. And I, I wonder if that is something specific, like maybe like he wooed this girl or like caught her eye by like being a little, you know, like saucy, like hey, look at me, I'm guitar player, like yeah. classical guitar, like haha. <laughs> anyway, no, that's great. This this song actually has, I think probably my favorite line even though that might be a little hypocritical of me because it is could be construed as cheesy but (laughs) i really like the line fighting fire with firewood Mm -hmm. because it's just so visual and so expressive and you're like yeah that's so idiotic and then right after um that he says fighting lies with lies and so like this imagery of lies being a forest fire and just being very powerfully uh, destructive. I think that's great. That's really good. And this song has a key change. Don't yeah, see that I every know, day. But it, like, it catches you out of the blue a little vocally bit. Vocally, too. Like he, he like really launches into yeah. it, and it's like, wow. Yeah. I think, yeah. And we were talking last week, and I showed you a clip uh, of them live now. His voice has gotten better and better and better oh, as time's good. gone on. That's and that's, you, you love always to love it. to see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah it's it's really fun to hear him launch into that like you said a great moment and then he struggles with masculinity again with saying making a cuckold of me Mm. and it's like yeah you got some insecurity issues here (laughs) well yeah another example of of the, with that harshness like aesthetically they're just leaning into that like a line a, a word like cuckold is like kind of catches in your mouth a little bit or like it catches your ears yeah it's a harsh word yeah you know it's a weird yeah, word. it's a weird word yeah um next song zephyrus this is another greek me- uh link um zephyrus is one of the you know the spirits of the wind um and yeah you you mentioned this already earlier this track Uh this is probably my weak point of the album i think my least favorite song but i know you've mentioned how you might appreciate this more do you have do you have thoughts on it uh yeah um how does it start again um it starts with like these voices going (laughs) 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 thank you i just wanted wanted to make you say that um so I, i I, I like the I can resonate, unfortunately, with one of the lines of um, I don't like to see myself like this. I'm becoming the man I used to be. And it's like, oh, man, like this, this another theme of going backwards. Mm-hmm. And that comes into play uh, in a different song. Um, and the more <laughs> the more we talk about this, the more he did a great. Does he write the lyrics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. Kaylee Kelly Kelly. Um, he did a great job of being consistent with his themes and I, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> Hats uh, off to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I like, I don't know. I just really like this song <laughs> for some reason. And, uh, I like the line, uh, lend me your eyes for your point of view. Lend me your feet and I'll stand by you. Even though it's cheesy. Oh, it does so, sound real cheesy. Yeah. I, I think within the context of the song, again, I like this song a lot. And um, I think the reason why I like that line, even though it sounds so cheesy, is that it's showing that he's thinking along the lines of selflessly, Mm. not just from his perspective, from her perspective. And I think that's what like his 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 character arc, if I may, um, is very like bitter at the beginning. And then we're, we're, we're working on getting to the ending of being more selfless, more loving and more accepting right. of the situation. So there's that trajectory in there. I didn't, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Maybe it's cause I haven't spent as much time with the song. So I appreciate you and looking. Maybe it's just my that. brain wanting to make a story out of this uh, album, but, but 
as when we get to the last song, okay. we'll talk more yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um next song is Talons. Um I think this is starts out with this a great beat. It's it's tech, it's technological, but also it does it, we talked about the Igbo language and uh Kele kind of going back to his parents' heritage. And I think this this is not the only time the album, but there are these, you know, these Afro beats that are hidden now for the first time in really Black Party's discography in here that I think is really fun to pull out. Um, this one goes into that darkness and gravitas, you know, really hard. He has this line, I've been wicked, I've been arrogant. And on that, I've been wicked, just hits this low. <laughs> no, and you're like, ooh. It feels like you're like like doing like, if someone did like a maniacal laugh, like the earth starts cracking and lightning starts, you know, like that's that moment of this album. Well, he gives the metaphor as her, as an earthquake. She, He's like, yeah, that's right. at first she was just cracks and then it became an earthquake. So it's very interesting. Huh. <laughs> maniacal laugh. <laughs> That's great. I this is probably the song I got least into yeah. for good or bad, um, lyrically and musically. Shrug. <laughs> Shrug. Oh well. So I, I'll have to look at it again uh, a few times. But you would say what this is in your like top five of the this album? one? Yeah, top five. Um, another one where like they're a little bit harsh lyrically. He straight up says something. Uh, there's something about like you're such a slut. Like he straight oh. up says that, and that I don't know. At least for me and you, like that is grating to us to hear. We're like, hey, that's that's not something I hear every day. I think he's just mad that she's in L.A. doing things without him. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what do we have next? Oh, Better Than yes. Heaven. Um, Better Than Heaven. I uh, This is called by critics, uh, some say the ideal block party song, where they, the, I think uh, the quote was, it, they learned to swoon, to rock, and to experiment all in <laughs> one. Um, you hear in this one, it starts out right away with that, yeah, that low bass. It's this sinister beat. Um, and it's got those snaps and it's sexy. It's <laughs> sultry. Um, and the first line is what's with all this doom and gloom. I'm mm. pretty sure. And so you have no mistaking where you're going right with this mm-hmm. song. Um, and you talked yeah, at the beginning, you said some things about like, Oh, like, it's like this dance party underneath heaven. That was yeah. for Zephyrus. But like this, so he was raised Catholic. He is not anymore, but okay. this album uh, a little bit. And then later, one of their other albums, Hymns, ties into that a lot with a lot of the imagery. But here you get um, the garden. Like he mentions the garden. People assume that's Garden of Eden in this song. Um, like the song is called Better Than Heaven. Yeah, yeah. And there also he straight up says... Um, <laughs> Corinthians 1522 he he just says that and that is um, for as in Adam all die in Christ all shall be Mm -hmm. made alive or whatever it's in the Messiah that's like a lyric (laughs) Um, it's originally from the Messiah it's originally from the Messiah (laughs) Handel Handel wrote that Um, so great lyricist (laughs) he was excellent really groundbreaking (laughs) (laughs) I, I would say I really enjoyed this song and didn't get a chance to dive into it besides the, what you were talking about with the, the the allusions to heaven and the garden and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's a great um, second to last song, mm-hmm. even though we we haven't talked about this. But on Spotify, they have a few extra songs. Yeah, from some some re-releases. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I'm frustrated by <laughs> because I, I don't I haven't listened to the last three or whatever. But Ion, am I saying that right? Yeah, Ion Square. Square. Yeah. Oh my word! Finally, the, I would say the moment where the the happiness and tenderness wins to end the album, which is yeah. really interesting to get there, because um, yeah. it does kind of think come out of nowhere. But Ion Square is the last song on the album. It's built around the chorus, which is quoting E. E. Cummings' poem "I Carry Your Heart," 
which it, I, our friends Andrew Nelson like had that read at their wedding. Oh um, yeah. But the chorus is, "I carry your heart, I carry it with me, I carry it in my heart." That's interesting because they quote Moliere. Yeah, and <laughs> also, also they yeah, quote yeah. Moliere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in this, which I don't know a lot about. I him, don't either. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the line, who said so? Moliere said, "Unbroken happiness is a bore." Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the line is Kelly is being like, "Who's who said that? <laughs> like that's not true." This this moment is is in a relationship when everything is going right, and yeah. when when you're on top of the world. I uh, really, really like Permanent Midnight as a lyric. It's kind of hard to hear the first time he says it when you're listening. But uh, that's like a state I find appealing. (laughs) I I really like nighttime and I'm more of a night person. And so I just like Permanent Midnight, even though it's hyperbole. I love the things he's doing here with twilight and 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 midnight and stuff like that this is musically i i liken this song a little bit to something like all my friends by um uh lcd LCD sound Sound system System. good that you clarified because there's three different ones (laughs) that i know of (laughs) there's this very slow build it's this very repetitive and it's just to start it's on a keyboard like bump 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 and and this is they're going into these dance roots here this song like i love dancing to this song because it is just this beautiful build. It, it, it's droning on like the same chord. And then when it does break into that, I carry your heart, which is this beautiful sentiment, it then dr- drops into this melodious chord change where it starts to shift around and the, the bass kicks in. It's just the build of the song is a very, it's just a conven- conventional like dance build that works really well. And it's a ton of fun to end the album with, I think. If this song wasn't, the last song in the album, I would I would feel like the album is a little broken mm-hmm. or split or whatever. I I wouldn't it wouldn't be as good. This is kind of ties all these concrete blocks together and in a nice way. And I, I say concrete because there's so much rough shod stuff here. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it's this contrast between if you start out at the beginning versus this song, it, it, it's so different. He was had low standards he had uh you know short-term uh non-committal relationships and this one it seems like he's really relishing and 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 like pondering and having such gratitude for what a relationship is when Mm -hmm. it really is good um and like you finish my words for me um so many great days in a row and he's he he's saying I wish we could keep this forever. Like, I wish it could stay in a silver foil trapped in amber for life, like Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Make a dinosaur out of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is so warm. Everything about the song is warm, Mm -hmm. is how I would describe it, as opposed to an album that is harsh and cold. And honestly, this album is sexual, and the line that, or the lines that he talks about in this song, um, I. I love my mind <laughs> when, when I'm making love, love to you, you. <laughs> um, slowed down to a crawl. Years of crime and the breadline have not at all dimmed your shine. It, it seems very appreciative mm-hmm. of their relationship and who she is. Yeah. And also it's, it's recognizing your own, like your own perspective on the moment. I think it's a really interesting word choice. Yeah. The, the line, I love my mind. <laughs> yeah. And it's like when you're in that moment, that's like a shared moment yeah. of, of, you know, like giving, but yet he's like, I love my mind. <laughs> like, it's like, 
to me, you have you seen Soul? No. Okay, no, well, to me, I won't even talk about Soul. To me, it feels like when some people are, you know, having a low months or depressed months or but then they do something like for you who knows it might be playing guitar and and then you love your mind when you're in that state so it feels like like a state of being in in passion about something it feels similar to that like a state of being where i love the way i am in this moment and and i think that's beautiful you're like in the zone of of what the fullest life can be love it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I would say this is probably my favorite song of the album. I, I would agree with that fantastic great closer and i i do feel like he he made good on his promise and he was very intimate with us very intimate <laughs> a little too intimate maybe <laughs> maybe sometimes but i i think it's you know I, I, now the more we've talked about it i i think maybe his cheesiness has grown on me a bit because like the last line is i carry your heart with me i carry it in my heart and mm. it's like oh like it's so nice <laughs> i feel warm heart within heart <laughs> well thanks for taking a trip with this one yeah. with me and, and diving in especially with such an abrasive opening to set yeah. that tone so yeah. i yeah i for our listeners hope you uh, check it out and yeah. you know tell us your opinions i would recommend it so yeah uh, uh don't forget to like and follow our stuff yes and give us a beefy five-star five review. review. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were here. <laughs>